Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly, spanking clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine, and then blue bump. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I've imagined your family. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, welcome the, back. Our, a week of craziness. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been an interesting week. Look, uh, let's get shit out of the way. We had uh, the pendulum party last week. It was yes. fucking amazing. We'll talk about it later. I don't look look naughty and exploring. Whatever. I will tell you when we tell you. Okay, we're not going to tell you everything right now. <laughs> Just patience. Just, patience is a virtue. Yeah, yeah. Just just keep a lid on it. We don't want to hear it. Uh but thank you for retweeting all of our podcasts when we don't actually tweet the podcast anymore. It's just like look, I got too much work and Twitter. Am I right, people? Am I right? Twitter. Ugh. Instagram is the place to be. So I don't know. I would argue that Twitter could be entertaining at times. Twitter could be entertaining, yeah. but it's so frustrating. Like I only do it from the fun side. So. There's like five trillion sexual podcasts right now, and we're one of those five trillion. And ain't yeah. none of us special, as my great grandmother would say. <laughs> ain't none of you special. Ain't none of us special. We all the same. And I just get tired of it. So I'm Instagramming. Good. Yeah, okay. it, feels, it feels good. I'm like, yeah. I Instagram so much sometimes that it feels like an Insta kilogram. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh well trademarked that, trademarked i trademarked that, that joke that sets the tone there we go that's it didn't get any people. better it didn't get any better just, just drink just drink i've been drinking it's great uh so yeah so pendulum was amazing it was yep. amazing so but we'll tell you later coming up we have yes. a trip in november to um awesome land mm-hmm. it's cancun mexico for the life on the swing set takeover at desire yeah and if you'd like to join us, there are still a few rooms left, not many, but it is November 2nd to 9th, and you can get in touch with us. There's information on our website, a link to the swing set information about it, and uh, you can also contact them. But get in on it. Come see us. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. Last I cannot year wait. was amazing, and I cannot wait for another year. I really cannot wait. And I'm raffling off, you know, an opportunity to sit on my face for <laughs> you know, anywhere between three and seven minutes, whatever it takes. I don't care. Uh, yeah, that's going to be great. Like gender, yeah. gender nonspecific. I don't care. I don't care about your gender. Sit on my face. It'd be fine. Uh, it'd be great. Mm. Mm. Uh-huh. I like the sound. <laughs> I know. I feel like Sling Blade. <laughs> uh, so let's talk real quick about something that's happened a couple of times recently, mm-hmm. and I'm just more curious than than not to get your take on it. So we talked a couple of weeks ago about a get together we that we did with Biconic, and 
At this Biconic event, when we got there, of course, we were mobbed by Brie and Diego, who we absolutely love. But then a boyfriend of mine happened to be there. Mm -hmm. And then once we got there and and saw him hugs he i mean and again with the the three of us have a wonderful relationship oh, yeah, absolutely. uh he likes you you really like him but he's more he's queer but he's more gay than he is yes bi right. although he's he is definitely queer so he and I ended up sitting next to each other, kind of cuddling and holding hands. And then there was another person and then you. And it's just like, it just sort of happened that when we got to the point where we were sitting down, I was next to him and you were kind of away in yeah. a different space. So that got me thinking. And then literally tonight, he was over at our apartment discussing some stuff with me, like side projects and businesses that we were actually doing. And you in a very sort of like sequestering sort of way, took yourself back to the bedroom. You were working on podcasting stuff. You were organizing dildos and butt plugs and all the wonderful things under <laughs> our bed. Toys. Yeah. Like that's a whole nother podcast. We'll talk about it in the mm -hmm. future. Uh, but you were back there organizing sex toys. And I kept thinking about like, like stranger things in mm -hmm. the, you know, Three inches. Keep the door open three inches. But you basically sequestered yourself away so that you could give us some privacy in our own apartment. Right. Um, talk to me. What does that feel like? I, think, I know how I would take that, but I'm curious to know, and I'm assuming the listeners are curious to know as to how Angela takes that. So I will say that at the Biconic event... When the two of you ended up sitting separately, so there were the two of you, like you said, someone else in between who we know and, and we very much like, and then there was myself. And so, honestly, I was more surprised to look over and see you guys holding hands because I've seen that before, and I don't mind by any means, but I've seen it before in, I'm going to say, more... I don't know if a private or intimate environment is the right way to say it, but a more secluded environment, maybe like when we go to shows, if we're like a dark theater, yeah, like a dark theater or something like that. But this was very much out in the open and you guys were along a, a side of the room. Basically you were along the side of the room and most people were kind of uh, perpendicular to you. So people could see you. most were, people would, yeah. would could see us. So you were very much in the line yeah. of vision and I think that was more surprising that not that you have that comfort level, but that he has that comfort level to show the affection to you with other people watching and, and seeing and going on. Because I wasn't, I don't really know. I've never had the conversation with him as to what his comfort level is with PDA period. And then much less in different environments where there's few people, more people, bigger crowds, et cetera, et cetera. Like how far do you go? And so I've never had that discussion with him. So I didn't really know his comfort levels. My impression was not as much as you or I. And so, yeah, when I looked over, I was kind of surprised to see that. So there was a moment of, huh, oh, yeah, I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, but it was, it took me aback a bit just because I didn't expect it. You yeah. Know? Uh, and I think it was just because there were other people watching or, or could potentially be watching and looking. And it's not that anybody would care. It's not that any of us would care. It was just 
that's a little out of the norm, I would have said, or out of what I would have expected for the norm. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it was just different expectations. But at the same time, I was really happy to see it and, and glad that both of you felt comfortable enough and felt like you could. Well, I've gotten to the point in life where I always feel comfortable showing affection for people. Uh-huh. And that's even for people that I don't like have a relationship with. Like I should say a romantic relationship with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so friends, I'm constantly touching friends and the, we've talked about this before. The way I show affection with most people is through touch. Mm-hmm. So be they friends, be they even workmates, I'm, I'm very comfortable and confident showing affection mm-hmm. via touch. Uh, I was a little surprised as you were that he was comfortable because, you know, he has a primary partner as well. He's not like the gentleman who floats about in this, you know, lovingly slutterella. So can I ask who reached out to who first? He touched me. Okay. Yeah. He reached out and grabbed me. Good. I'm always in that. I don't want to make him uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't want to push him. I don't want to pull him. I, I, I'm always letting him take the the leadership role in this relationship because I really like this human being. And it's one of those things that I don't want to either jeopardize our future relationship, nor do I want to make him uncomfortable. So it's very much one of those, like, like you do, like I'm, I'm cool with whatever you're, yeah. With whatever you're ready with. Uh, And when he put his hand on my thigh at, at Biconic, I was like, Woo. So, you know, he put his hand on my thigh. I put my hand on his hand and then he immediately grabbed my hand. And that was like, that was the way the night ended up going. Uh, It's, it's nice. It was really sweet. And I, I really did like seeing that. And I, I liked the comfort that he had to show the affection in that setting. And it was a safe setting. It's not a place where people are necessarily going to be judgy or anything like that. But I still, it was unexpected, but I at the same time, it was one of those, I don't know why, because of all places I should have expected something <laughs> like that to happen yeah. there. But I was really glad that, yeah, he felt able to and, and is comfortable with you, with me, you know, knowing that I'm around, that it's it's okay. It's not a problem. Well, I don't think it's any question. He very much likes you and he respects you. And, like, it's uh, – he's such an interesting person in that he's so – He's becoming so comfortable with this sort of relationship. But not everybody is. No, so. not everybody is. Which is why I always sort of take that back. I take the back foot on, on yeah. that very commonly. But yeah, it's it's interesting. But you know, going back to what my original question was, I'm very curious to know. Like, how, like I even thought to myself, I feel kind of like a dick. I'm I'm sitting here in a group of people who are mixed, but I know at least 10% of the people in this room, they know that you and I are primary partners. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable because I'm using air quotes here, choosing somebody else to sit with and show affection to. And I know I, I, I can see your face and you're making that face and I, I totally get it, but you've got to see where I'm coming from on this. I do see where you're coming from, but at the same time, 
I don't think that many people there would judge us because while people do know that we are primary partners, they also, most of them know that we have an open relationship. And if they don't know that, they A, should figure that out really quickly. They just figured it out. Or B, if they have a question or have a concern, then they should approach us if it matters to them, which ultimately it really shouldn't matter to most people. They have no vested interest in us or our relationship. And so... Yeah, I, my opinion is that, I mean, very much of how we tend to go through life anyway is, is we just, we do us. And if people have questions or want to know more or anything like that, then they can come to us and ask. I'm not going to flaunt it in someone's face, but at the same time, it's going to be out there that, yes, we see other people. Sometimes we see them together. Sometimes we see them separately. But... We're primary partners, but that doesn't mean we're only partners. Yeah. And I, I don't think, especially in that environment, an open relationship is not something that is so out of the realm of possibility that people wouldn't get it. Yeah. But even if, you know, even in, in areas where it might be, it still doesn't bother me whatsoever. I know. And I, I think that's great. It's, it's And I know that that's not normal for most people. I know that most people would think about what are other people thinking, oh, I have to conform or I have to appear like this in this scenario, that kind of thing. And I will say that there was a time in life that I would very much try to conform to what people wanted. And it was exhausting. It was tiring. And admittedly, I have some part of me has always bucked at that. Even growing up, I I remember having a lot of conversations with my mom about, you know, the fact that, People expect us to be this way or this way, but that's not how it is. Why can we not present ourselves the way we are? And and so you're always pushed to conform and pushed to give people what they want or what you think that they want. But at the same time, if that's not who you are, then, you know, there's that push-pull of you're not being true to yourself. And then you're not being true to them and portraying who you are. And I think as I've I've gotten older, I'm going to stay matured, even though I don't know that I've matured. But I have definitely changed my stance on that in that I, I'm much truer to myself regardless of what people think. And I still think about other people's feelings and I still think situationally, but at the same time, I'm not going to completely give up who I am just to make someone else happy in a given situation with a few exceptions, but overall, yeah. So much like Thelonious uh-huh. in Hamlet, uh, this above all to thine own self be true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, and I totally respect that. But you've got to also see where I'm coming from, where like, I'm just terrified that I, I don't want to hurt you. And I don't want you to be like, you're my, you're my primary partner. Like, but we're stronger than that. I know. I know. Uh, It's funny. It's funny. I think this is something that we could go on and on about. And I, I, sure our podcast listeners don't want to hear our therapy session, but it is one of those things that like, it's so important for me to constantly reiterate the fact that you're my primary partner and that there's nothing that I would want to do to jeopardize this. And yet at the same time, you know, I really want to explore other relationships. And it's, I think it's interesting because we all suffer from that um, societal norms thing. And you know, I'm sure it's something that I often think to myself because I'm one of those that I say I love you to you probably more than you would wish me to say I love you. I use that phrase all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And I know that there was a few times where I'll say, I love you, and you don't respond, which is either because you don't listen or you're like, you're fucking sick of hearing it or whatever. And I'm totally okay with that. You don't need to respond to that. But I think... Honestly, I think it's important for me to continually say that to you because of these other relationships that who don't get me wrong. I also will say I love you with these people, um, but it's important for me to to completely reiterate that because I'm always afraid that that might be the last thing that I ever say to you is I love you. And I want to make sure that the last thing that I ever say to you is I love you, not like will you patch the Worcestershire sauce? Because then I'm afraid I didn't say it right. And I'm like, is it Worcestershire? It's, it's sire? better if you follow that up with you what? fucking cunt. <laughs> do you want me to? <laughs> then do you want me to every time I say I love you to say I love you, you fucking cunt? <laughs> and then the time I don't say it, you'll be like, oh, my God, he died. He died saying I love you. But I know in his heart he meant I, you fucking cunt. <laughs> no, but I mean. I know. It's it's yeah. it's just important that that you know exactly where you sit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's important for me. But we know. also show each other that in other ways. I, I know. Well. I know. And, yeah. Because you know, again, and uh, constant listeners will know, but new listeners may not. Like I use the L word with this person that we're talking about mm-hmm. uh, from Biconic. I, I and I do. I love him. Like, it's he's. So let's move on to tonight where he came over. Mm -hmm. We all had dinner. We did. And then you guys had... I don't know, businessy, whatever stuff to discuss. We also work together. So yeah. Not like work, work, but like fun work. Yeah. And so you guys had other stuff to discuss. You wanted to hang out and just chat and whatever. And yeah. And so I know that I'm not a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that. You don't fucking care. <laughs> Let's be realistic. I really don't. <laughs> you get sick of hearing our... our... I, I have other things that I needed to, to do or I wanted <laughs> to do. And that happened to be back in the bedroom. Yes, organizing sex toys, which we will discuss more on a future podcast and other, you know, podcast related things. So, yeah, I had a bunch of other stuff that I needed to do or wanted to do. And so I sequestered myself back in the bedroom and basically worked on all of that stuff while you guys were up in the the living room area doing whatever you were doing. We were working for some of it. but. (laughs) And so, yeah, so... Are you, are you getting into it? I'm getting into chocolate. God damn, that was loud. I'm cutting that out. You all gonna, that rattling, Naughty, Rocket. Are you going to cut it all out? I'm going to cut it all Can out. Can I do one thing for Naughty? No. Just one? You only get one. You better make it good. All right, I am going to make it good. Okay, that's enough. It's like ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> this chocolate is a fucking amazing. So, yeah, so I basically sequestered myself back in the bedroom. I went back there. I started working on the things I needed to work on. I put in my headphones, you know, just was in my own little world. I was happy with that. (laughs) If you had gone out to meet him, I would have done the same thing. It would have been no different for me. So it's not... I always worry about that. No, I would not have, I would not have said that it's okay or suggested or whatever if that, if it wasn't. And because, like I said, if you... Arguably... You suggested him come over tonight. Yeah. Because, yeah, I've been unwell and, you know, it just made more sense. And so, and like I said, I was going to go back to the bedroom and work on stuff back there anyway. So it it really didn't matter. And so I knew that, yeah, yeah, if you guys were up here, you could do your thing. Everybody's comfortable. You know, you've got all the wine that you want. And I'm back in the room doing what I need to do. And and everybody's happy. It's fine. Uh, 
I would say that I didn't feel uncomfortable by that. I can see where some people may have, and we did make sure with him that he wasn't going to feel uncomfortable right. with me being around. Right. But I very much wanted to, A, get my shit done, and B, give you guys privacy to do what you wanted to do. So I, you know, closed the door, put my headphones in. Like I said, I just kind of did my thing back there and it was perfectly happy. And I, yeah, I actually got quite a lot done. I was, I was very happy with that. And, but it's, it's interesting because I will say that I did have my headphones in while I was, was back there doing everything. So I didn't hear anything. That you guys were talking about. We laughed a lot. I, I heard some laughing okay. because that's loud enough to go. Yeah. Your laugh carries. I have a. I'm, your like, laugh carries. Like my laugh, my eating chocolate, my opening chocolate. Mm-hmm. Like. So I did hear you guys laughing a bit, but that was all I could hear, honestly, over what was going on in my headphones. But it didn't bother me. And no part of me was curious to like take them out and try to eavesdrop. Like I didn't really care. But I will say that in previous relationships, I would have. And I think it's because I didn't have the trust. So I would want to know what was going on and what's being said. Is it important? Is it something that should pertain to me? Are you keeping something from me? But I didn't have that at all. It was just like, yeah, you're doing your thing and I'm doing my thing and we're both happy. And So it's really funny that you say that because – and I'm glad you say that because I would never – I trust you 1 million percent. Mm-hmm. 1 million percent. But if you had a partner out here and you were like giggling and making out, I would totally eavesdrop because I'd be like, but I'd be that one that would sit in the like hallway masturbating while uh-huh. your guys are making out. I'm like, oh yeah. At that point, you might as well just join in. Though. I, it's honestly part of the fun is not joining in. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, honestly, he and I, all we were doing is making out. We kissed a little. We made out a little. At one point, I did the one thing I love to do, which is straddle him and make out like on the mm-hmm. couch uh, when I was trying to convince him to go to the bedroom. And he was like, but it's really late. Um, which, touche. I've been up for 14 hours. I mean, like, like, yeah, and I'll keep you up for another at least 15 minutes. <laughs> but you know, like, Three if you're quick. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was kind of funny in that. If that if this uh, if it was reversed, mm-hmm. I'd want to be in the hallway. But I'm like, I'm so excited. I love that. Like, see, I the no. the spying. Yeah, but in a, even a, I don't, it sounds unhealthy when I say that. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I think to me, I value. I want to give you the privacy and the space more than anything because I don't want you to feel like I don't trust you. I don't respect you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just to me that that space and that this is you and your time. You're doing your thing, and I'm back there doing my thing. I'm very happy doing my thing back there, and yeah, I just I don't know. Yeah, yeah, which I totally it appreciate. Didn't even, it and didn't even occur to me to like try to listen. To I it. totally appreciate, and I, I one million percent respect it. You know, I can hear people at home going, "I don't understand you too." And that's fine. You don't yeah. have to. You know, you don't have to understand us to accept us. But it, tonight, I mean, for me, tonight was great. Yeah. Uh, it was what I needed. I know it was what he needed. We didn't do anything. We, like, yeah. the the farthest we got was three unbuttoned shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, or three, three unbuttons of a shirt. Like, I was wearing a T-shirt. Three unbuttoned of a shirt. There you go. See, you were needed. <laughs> <laughs> I can English. I've not had as much wine as you. I haven't had that much wine. I've had a lot of wine. Uh, but, yeah, so it's it was good. It was a good night. Uh, so shall we move on to the next topic? Sure. Let's take a quick break. Okay, yeah. First. Let's take a quick break. I'm going to step outside and see what's okay. going on. 
I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And with our powers combined, we are the Multi-Amory Podcast. If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But... If you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then come check out the Multi-Amory Podcast on the Swingset Network at swingset.fm, the Swingset FM Android app, or at multiamory.com. And we're back. Welcome back. Hey. <laughs> DTF. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so we're going to move on to the next topic. And do you know what the next topic is? I do know what the next topic is. And what is it? I'm pretty sure it's by curiosity. Yes, it <laughs> is. Got it right this time. Yes. Fourth time's a charm. <laughs> you should have heard all my other mm-hmm. my other ones were great, but she cut them all because you know, she's mean like that. Yeah, yeah totally mean. One of them was how to make a million dollars off Bitcoin. She said no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Send your emails now, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, by curiosity. Yeah, so we've had uh, quite a few emails about this lately. Apparently it is the topic of the month. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so we've had... Uh, so basically what we've heard from people is that we throw around this term of by curiosity. And, and we say, you know, we're bisexual, we're bi-curious, you know, if you're bi-curious, come to the pendulum party. So what does that mean? Would you like to help out? Oh, do I have to? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I feel like I need a, dis- a disclaimer before I say any you, of this you stuff. you want me to read the Wikipedia definition? Oh, please. That because, sounds like it's something that would save me. Because the Wikipedia definition is quite long and encompassing, much more than the dictionary definition. So whoever wrote this, like Webster was like, "Fuck it, I don't fucking care. Just you, you, you might like dick, you might like badge. That's it. Like that's Webster. Right. Uh, please give us the Wikipedia." So whoever wrote the Wikipedia one, this is what they wrote: "Bi curious is a phenomenon in which people of a heterosexual or homosexual identity." who, while having some curiosity for sexual activity with a person of the sex they do not favor, distinguish themselves from the bisexual label. The term is sometimes used to describe a broad continuum of sexual orientation between heterosexuality and bisexuality. Such continuums include... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mostly heterosexual or mostly homosexual, but these can be self-identified without identifying as bisexual. The terms heteroflexible and homoflexible are also applied to bi-curiosity, though some authors distinguish heteroflexibility or homoflexibility as lacking the quote-unquote, wish to experiment with dot-dot-dot sexuality, implied by the bi-curious label. Oof. The term bi-curious implies that the individual has either no or limited homosexual experience in the case of heterosexual individuals, or no or limited heterosexual experience in the case of homosexual individuals, but they may continue to self-identify as bi-curious if they do not feel they have adequately explored these feelings, or if they do not wish to identify as bisexual. Holy shitballs, that's... So it's that's quite, a lot of shit going on. I don't like the word phenomenon that's that's <laughs> that's introduced very early in that. Yes. But the rest of the of the definition, I actually quite it's, like. Yeah. I don't like phenomenon though. I am not a Bigfoot. I might be. There are only blurry photos of me, but I am not a Bigfoot. Yeah. So it's it's quite. I'm going to say much more all encompassing than the dictionary definition. Clearly. But what I think it brings up is, and it, and it doesn't directly point to it, but it uh, kind of alludes to something like the Kinsey scale. Yes. So you have this scale. The Kinsey scale is basically homosexuality to heterosexuality. And basically everybody sits somewhere along that scale. Most of us are in the gray zone somewhere in between. So bi-curious people would be much more towards one end of the spectrum than the or the other, than necessarily towards the middle. Yes, ones or fives. Typically, but could be twos or fours. I mean, it's you're self-identifying, right. and that's the thing, is that you identify yourself as whether you feel that you are bisexual, and we all float up and down the scale depending on time and, and circumstances and you know moods, hormones, everything can influence us, what's going on around us. But sometimes we're higher up, sometimes we're lower down, sometimes we're more mid. Uh, I, I'm speaking for myself. Some people do tend to stay more towards one end or the other of the spectrum, and that's completely fine. But I do think that it it is interesting that they talk about heterosexual um, that they talk about heteroflexibility, homoflexibility, that kind of thing. Because I think that those are terms that in my mind anyway, sit more towards one end of the Kinsey scale or the other. Like they're one of those, like I'm kind of stepping my foot into things. I'm trying things out. I am curious, but I'm not, you know, I don't, it, it's like, it, the question is how far down the path do you go? Yeah. Look. And, and when does that label change from bi-curious to bisexual? And I think that's a very individual thing. I agree. And it's one of those things that it is totally fluid. And, yeah. I, I have a hard time with this mm-hmm. because I feel like I feel like in, in for me and again take this with a grain of salt mm-hmm. but the words bicur or the phrase bicurious the word bicurious uh means that you have no ex- active practical experience I would say little to no yeah Fair enough. Little to no practical experience with the gender that's either opposite or the same as yours. Because I think a lot of us forget that bicurious can also be for homosexual couples yes. who are 
curious into couples of their not their gender because again if we look at bisexuality for me the definition of bisexuality is i'm attracted to my own gender and genders other than my own right that's the two genders that i'm attracted to so i i feel it, it's tough it's really difficult because I don't know. I feel like the the bi curious is is that curiosity. I, I don't have a lot of information about it. I don't know much about it, but it's something that I'm interested in learning more about. Mm-hmm. So, for bi curious people are people who might watch same sex porn, opposite sex porn, depending on where you fall on that scale. You are watching porn of a gender of which you're not most typically attracted to. So I also think that an interesting way to think about it is that, and we've always said like with bisexuality, that it's not necessarily an action. You don't have to have sex with someone of your non-preferred gender in order to call yourself bisexual. That it can be an emotional attraction. It can be a mental attraction it can be a physical attraction, but something that you don't act upon. It, it, you know, there's there's all different ways that 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 attraction and that that love that that can look. And so, for some people, by curiosity, may be watching porn that involves situations and genders that they're not typically attracted to. It could also mean thinking about or fantasizing about people that they may not have otherwise thought that they would be attracted to. It may be actions. You know, it may be kissing someone of the the gender that you're not typically attracted to. It may be performing oral sex on or receiving oral sex from. And just because you receive oral sex or give oral sex to someone doesn't mean you have to reciprocate. Depends on the situation. Uh, if you're not really into that, you know, just again, anytime you're in a play situation, make everything clear up front right. as to what you want, what you're interested in, what your boundaries are. Uh, but what that can look like and what you're interested in can vary greatly and also can be very person and situation dependent. Just because you may fantasize about performing oral sex on this person over here, person A, doesn't mean that you're going to feel the same way about person B, even though they have the same gender. Right. Like, it, it's not a universal blanket statement that, like, when I say I'm bisexual, I don't mean that I'm attracted to every person out there. In the right. What their you're not, yeah, yeah, you're not attracted to everyone that has your gender. Yeah. Nor are you attracted to everyone that doesn't have your gender. Right, right. It's it's it, it is situational and it's person dependent, and and I think that that's really important to remember as well is that if you are curious, you can explore that curiosity, whatever the path is that you're interested in, whatever the the action, whatever the thought, whatever it is that you may be interested in, even if it is just fantasy. Fantasy is mm-hmm. okay. Like there's nothing wrong with with fantasizing about something and not acting upon it. That's completely okay. So just to add to what you're just saying, um, I think it is totally okay with, if you've never done anything Mm -hmm. uh, for the sake of, to be opposite honest, for the sake of me being, you know, a few wines into this night, I'm going to say men and women when I mean, genders close genders of which I identify with and with, I don't um, want to be, we're all inclusive, but at the same time for, for me being drunk, um, simplicity's sake. simplicity's sake, I'll say men and women. 
So if if you are male identifying and you think you you want to identify as bi, but you've never had an experience with somebody who is male, you've always had identifying, if you've always had experiences with females, then fuck your bi. Like you, we've talked about this just as Angela just mentioned. We intent is just as important as action. Yeah. But if if you're more comfortable identifying as bicurious, fuck, that's fine too. Like we aren't the label police, and, and realistically, there are no label police. And if anybody tries to police your labels, that's that's not cool, and that's on them, not on you. I think that's a problem with their view of the world. Exactly. But I can also see where so people who are starting to think about relationships and sexual play with people of their non-preferred gender, I can see where if labels are important, you, you know, jumping straight from identifying your entire life and a lot of societal pressures and, and just saying that you're straight your entire life and then now all of a sudden to say, oh, look, I'm having these feelings. I don't know if it's going to lead anywhere. I don't know if it's something I'm actually really going to like. I don't know if it's something that I'm really going to be sustainably interested in. So I don't know that I can jump and make my label now change to bisexual. That's a pretty, for a lot sure, of people, that's sure. a big jump. That's, that's a big leap. Yeah. And so it's hard to go straight from one to the other. And something I just said in, in saying that, you know, I'm not sure if this is something that's going to be sustainable. It doesn't have to be sustainable. I, you know, like I said, we, you and I both go up and down the scale depending on a lot of different things. And so sometimes we may be more interested in someone of the opposite gender or the same, you know, it, it can vary. But by curiosity can be a stepping stone and it can be, and some people stop at that stepping stone. Some people never progress any further and that's completely okay, but it can be, uh, I'm thinking about this. This is something I'm interested in. I'm not sure how far down the path I want to go, but I do kind of want to, I'm interested in it a little bit and and whatever that may be, whether it be, you know, having some kind of an intimate relationship with someone or having some kind of emotional connection with them, Again, you're self-identifying. So however you want to label yourself for wherever down this path that you go, that's completely okay. Yeah. And I think that's the main thing is that you're okay with how you label, but more than anything, don't let other people force labels upon you and don't let them tell you that, you know, just because you haven't had sex with someone of the non-preferred, your non-preferred gender, that you're not bisexual or something like that. You know, like it's, it's all about how you see yourself and how you feel like identifying. So the, the only caveat I will put on this, cause I agree with you 100% is the number of guys that I've run into on grinder mm-hmm. who are straight but all they want is a blowjob or they want to give a blowjob or they want might want to fuck a guy or they want, might want to get fucked by a guy, but they're still straight. Like, look, at some point you got to – my great-grandmother would say you got to call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. Um, like, so do you think that these people either – so several different camps I can see here is one, they – don't know about terms such as heteroflexibility. So maybe they don't think they don't know or don't think to call themselves that. They 
don't want, maybe that's like a very small percentage of who they are, a very small percentage of what they want. Therefore, they're, I'm going to say, quote unquote, afraid to call themselves bisexual um, or bicurious or whatever it may be. Or do you think that it's just their, I'm going to say their own mental place uh, from upbringing, from societal pressures to say that straight is, I'm going to say, quote unquote, what you're supposed to be. It's, it's the preferred sexuality it's in that kind of thing and and so therefore you know say you're that even though if you kind of want something else look and that may be yes honestly yes to all of that um have you ever talked to the guys about this i've tried and it's really funny the i've got screenshots of conversations i've got with guys and it's very much it's frustrating. At at best, mm-hmm. mostly it's frustrating. It's it's a it's typically these guys are guys in relationships, um, and they're in just denial of 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 the fact that they're enjoying what they're doing, mm-hmm. um, and that might be because of societal pressures. That might be because of their own uh, denial of acceptance of of things, and it's it's sad. It, I mean, it, it honestly. You look at these poor fellows, and it's just depressing. Do you also think that maybe they justify it to themselves and say, "I'm not cheating because it's a guy, yeah, it's not a woman"? Absolutely. Uh, you know, and that's because it's it's very little different than those guys that are like, "Well, you know, you can." When they look at their partners, female partners, and they say, "Well, you can date any woman that you want, but don't date a guy," mm-hmm. uh, because you know women aren't threats. Right. Well, in the same thing, like. And this goes back to the the gender, the bisexual gender inequality, which is as long as I'm fucking someone of the same gender, they're not a threat to the real relationship that I have because they can never be a valid real relationship. It's it infuriates me, which is admittedly why I sometimes have a have trouble with the phrase bi curious. Heteroflexible, homoflexible. Because you don't feel like they put enough weight on the relationship. Is that it? Yeah, it's it's like these things are real. Yeah. These aren't just like these aren't things that these are real people, and these are real things that you that you can't just toss about and and act as if they they don't have feelings. Mm-hmm. So for me personally, if you consider yourself bi curious. My definition is that you have, again, little to no experience uh, with with the gender that you're curious about, mm-hmm. and and admittedly, that's only because of my experience with people in Grinder and people fucking at the fucking train station. You know, that's the way people act mm-hmm. about uh, about about it. Um, this, it, it's really frustrating and it's, it's, and I feel bad about that, but that's just, that's just me like homoflexible and heteroflexible. I get that's a, that's a brand. That's a, a, a subcategory of bisexuality in that you're either occasionally you'll, you'll branch out and play with the other people. But if you've played with somebody in that if you're back curious and you've played with somebody multiple times that is not of your preferred gender or if is not of your expected gender, I guess I should say, uh, 
if you played with them multiple times, after two times, three times, you should know whether you're curious or not. You're no longer curious. You're either interested or you ain't. Uh, and I think that's my problem is I come back to Grinder and I see these guys who are by curious and you talk to them and it's like, oh, you're by curious. How many guys have you hooked up with? 30. <laughs> well, you're no longer curious. <laughs> you're now by interested. <laughs> like, like you're by invested. Wait, is that a new term? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> by Can interested, we by invested. You're, you are, you are by. It's like, and I think that's my problem with it. And I don't, I don't mean to exclude anybody, but it's just frustrating to, you can't be bi curious after hooking up with 10 different guys. You're no longer bi curious. Mm. And I I think that takes weight and importance away from bisexuality. And it, it just proves that, yeah, that just proves that it's a term that people aren't comfortable with, that has no value, that is dangerous and it's hurtful. It's hurtful to the community. Yeah, and, and that very much plays into the whole bi erasure and, and the fact that you know it's it's not a real thing. It's not it's not important. It's yeah. not something that we should value. But very much so. I want to say if you haven't had those experiences, then bi curious is absolutely valid. Yeah. Like if you've only watched porn or if you've only read um, erotica, then yeah, it's totally valid. Uh, but once you've done it a couple of times, you gotta pick a camp. Yeah, pick a camp. You either yeah. like it or you don't like it. Yeah. And like we always say, you know, we're trisexuals. Yeah. You try things two or three times to make sure that when you hated it, you actually hated it, or when you liked it, you actually really did like it. Uh, I'm okay with that as well. But once you get into the double digits of trying it, you should know. Come on. Yeah, I tend to agree with that for sure. Because at some point, you either know that it's something that I. Am actually interested. I do really like it. Or no, this really isn't working out. Like you said, once you get to the double digits, if it's not working out, you should probably stop trying. Yeah. Like literally, the number of guys I've I've talked to on Grinder who are, and I quote, "by curious," mm-hmm. and it's just like clearly all they want are blowjobs because they're not getting them at home. Right. And you're like, ugh, man, I'm just get a flashlight. Exactly. <laughs> or you know what? Get a new partner. There are there are plenty of women and men out there who really enjoy giving blowjobs. That, that's that's yeah, what they. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Like we really enjoy it, and yeah. just like find you a new partner. If that's all that really matters, then you know there's there's someone out there for you. But it's just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else, any other particular questions or parts of the bi-curious emails and messages that we've had that we need to touch on? Um, no, I do want to touch on one small thing. Uh, there was – not one small thing. Uh, there was a, a person that messaged me, and we were discussing – this person really enjoys being pegged. They want to try a bio-cock, but they don't consider themselves bisexual. And so I get that. I totally get that. But they're – and to add to that, somebody else here is saying that they're not into kissing. Yes. So and yeah. so, you know, like, I get that as well. Like we've we've had I've had women who aren't really into kissing. Yeah. Like just because you're not into kissing somebody or anybody, that doesn't make you like heterosexual, homosexual, gender. Well, I don't care. It doesn't make you different. It's just that's what you're not into, which is totally cool. But. The person who I was talking to who wanted to try biocock was concerned because they didn't consider themselves bisexual. They just really liked pegging and they were ready to try biocock. 
Like, mm-hmm. cool. All right. Uh, so I said, look, are you, if you're not bisexual, that's totally fine. You just want somebody to fuck you. It's going to be difficult to find somebody to fuck you without any kind of like, just like a, hey, hi, buddy. <laughs> Want to fuck me? Like, that's going to be hard to do. And so after a bit of a deep dive into this, this person is okay with cuddling and snuggling with, with same sex. Um, he was okay with everything, basically everything but kissing. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe a little bit of oral play, but not a, a lot of oral play. And he was definitely okay with receiving oral play, mm-hmm. which I'm like, dude, right there you've got me as – yeah. As somebody that I would totally play with you for that. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's interesting to me when, when we look at these things and we look at these situations and you say, I'm, I, this is what I want. I don't consider myself bi, but I'm okay with, I want some guy, a, a fella to fuck me. Um, I'm okay with snuggling, not kissing. I'm okay with oral play, but I don't want to really give it like, at some point, you got to say, look, you're a little bit bi, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're at least curious, and you're at least wanting to go down that path of it. Yeah, you want to try it. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important to to really— Even if, like, along the Kinsey scale, even if you're just, like, a one or something, yeah. it's, you're still starting down that path. Take a step back, look at yourself, and, and I think it's important to ask yourself, if I'm not straight— I'm just going to put it that way. I'm not bi-curious. I'm not bisexual. I'm not heteroflexible. I'm not homoflexible. I'm just not straight. If I'm not straight, what is the worst thing that can happen to me? And I ask that from within yourself, not from within your work group, not your friends group, your family, your church. I don't care about that shit. But from within yourself, if you ask yourself, if I'm not straight, What's the worst thing? Does it change anything? Like, do you suddenly look at yourself in the mirror and suddenly see rainbows and and a unicorn and like sparkles? If you do, I want to get your mirror. Um, (laughs) You know, I think it's really important to ask yourself, what does that change about you? And, and only from that, I'm not straight. Then once you've, once you've answered that, and that's a total self question. You know, from your partner's point of view, like ask your partner, how do you feel if I'm not straight? Like, does that change anything? I'm still 100%. If you're in a monogamous relationship, I'm still 100% loyal to you. Like you are still the person I want to spend my life with. Like, you know, the way Angela and I've always talked about it, like you are, you are my home base. You are the person that I will always come back to, but I'm not straight. Does that change our relationship? Does that fundamentally change anything about you? The answer is no. It's 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 so frustrating to to have these conversations with folks when when they have trouble asking that question of themselves, and it's upsetting when they come up with an answer other than no, because realistically, it doesn't change anything. As long as your partner loves you, as as long as you have an open, honest conversation with them, it doesn't change anything. But even if you don't even include your partner, if you just include yourself, there's nothing that changes that person that in, that in that's in the mirror. And it's frustrating. So you bring up a good point about even if you're in a monogamous relationship, 
because we do know a number of people who identify as bisexual. Even both partners in the relationship identify as bisexual, and they are in a monogamous relationship. A lot of people assume that because you identify as bisexual or somewhere along the spectrum, that you cannot be in a monogamous relationship. And that's not true. Now, we happen to not be in a monogamous relationship, but that doesn't mean that you can't be. You can still be bisexual and still be in a monogamous relationship. Yeah. Yeah, those two things are not mutually exclusive. Because well, we know straight people that are in non-monogamous relationships. I know. Ooh, crazy. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're sitting here. Yeah, so it, I do think it's that's one of those assumptions that people kind of jump to when they when they think about bisexuality, and it's not a fair assumption by any means. Yeah. I went and ranted along that's for a long time, and I'm sorry, but it's something that's very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other like final thoughts? No, I don't think so. Not on this one. Cool. Uh, look, uh, we always we really appreciate your thoughts and your opinions and your passion that we have that we get in our messages on these subjects. And it's, I know it's something that's important to you. It's something that's so important to us. And if you have your own thoughts, comments, ideas, opinions on bisexuality and specifically, uh, but also, you know, being bi-curious or being heteroflexible, homoflexible, wherever you fall in that scale and however you label yourself, we're interested. Uh, so send us messages, send us information. You can email us at the atoms of love at gmail.com. You can message us on all social medias at by the by podcast. We have, if you like this podcast and, and want us to continue on making uh, more podcasts for you, you can support us on our Patreon site, www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. And, uh, We'd love to see you at the next Pendulum Party, which is coming up in September, September. and or at uh, Desire in November in Mexico. Yeah. So, yeah. And we'll see you soon. Hi, this is Jace, co-host of the Multi-Amory Podcast. We offer new ideas and advice for multiple forms of love, everything from conscious monogamy to ethical polyamory and radical relationship anarchy. And you're listening to a Swingset Network podcast. Find us and much more at swingset.fm. 